Oh man, Danny is adjusting his shirt and looking around. That must mean we are about to go live. He's got a Mike Flanagan shirt on, but we are not here to talk about our inspiration for our Lastercast channel. We are here to talk about HBO Max's show, Raised by Wolves, which is up to season two, episode three. Danny, are you ready to talk about Billy today? Oh yeah. Uh I hadn't seen that part yet when you were, you texted me in like big letters, Billy. I was like, the hell is, and like, part of me is like, do they name the serpent Billy? Is that, uh, or is the, that robot uh, carcass that uh, father is bringing back to life Hellraiser style? Does that become Billy? Right. Uh, but no, Billy was pretty damn cool either way. Yes. This, this show is so out there. That like just what you just said right it's like is it this one weird thing over here is it this other weird thing over here there's like so many weird plot threads going on in just one episode and so danny and i are gonna like jump in and talk about each so this is spoiler central now guys so if you've not seen season three uh two episode three of raised by wolves go watch it and come back all right so danny i didn't check to see who directed this episode did you see by any chance I, I didn't write his name down. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't somebody who has directed uh, an episode before. Okay, okay, but it wasn't Ridley Scott, and then it no, wasn't no. The, he's the still an EP, him. but that's I think his only involvement this season so far, anyway. Okay, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that like every episode is still written by the show's creator too. Guzikowski, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So in this episode, we had a, one of those opening shots, and you, you love that shot last week so much where Mother had that gigantic gun on her back. And so we start off with her kind of walking off into the wilderness with that gun. And uh, pretty much right away, we have a scene with Father and the Mithraic. I was worried that Father might actually truly die in this episode. Father is father might as well uh, be on like a, a, a soap opera at this level um, with the amount of times that he dies and then immediately comes back. Right. Um, uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife watches General Hospital and I got stuck watching General Hospital for like years and years with her. And right. the amount of times somebody would die and then like their twin would come on the show and then uh, it. Or like the, the 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 character who died, that actor would just show up playing a new character, and it it's almost like a running joke now with Father, where he gets killed every other episode, and what? like he just gets rebooted and re and, and fixed up. Uh, but thank God, because I don't want uh, Abubakar Salim to leave the show because he's great and I, I I love him on the show so. Yeah. And because he's an android, they can get away with that. It's not it. I feel like if, if he was a human and they kept doing that, it would it, it would wear thin. Very good point. Yeah. Like on the show Supernatural, for instance, I used to watch that. I didn't get all the way to the end, but like the two brothers on there had died and come back like multiple times each. And, you know, it just kind of took away any kind of tension on the show. But I'm with you there where like if, if they killed father, the show would become dramatically less appealing to me. And it's, it's funny because I remember always seeing commercials for this show and they would always show mother and they would show the children and mother was always in the promotional artwork, like the artwork that's behind us right now. Mm -hmm. They never showed father. And so I didn't know about him until I actually started watching the show, but it's, I'm just so happy that he's on there because I think that if it had just been like mother and the kids, it, it would not, 
it would feel a lot more cold than what it is. He brings a lot of life to the show. Which is, again, it's very ironic that he's probably the most human, one of the most human characters on the show in terms of uh, emotion, humor. Uh, we, we've talked about his feelings of jealousy towards uh, the father of mother's baby. Yeah, the, the father of mother's baby. Like every word in that sentence can be. Yeah. <laughs> quotation. Um, right. But yeah, I, he's he he definitely adds something very different. Uh, he reminds me like of a more robotic version of Bishop in Aliens, where it's like, you, I you loved uh, people walked out of Aliens loving Bishop yes. because he was such a likable character, uh, and but but he could pass as human. Like it's obvious the androids here are are androids. Yeah. Yeah, they really stand out like sore thumbs. And they have those like super tight, shiny silver jumpsuits. So it's like they don't look like anybody else uh, at the collective. But I was going to say that like um, for, for me and Sherry, when we used to do Yellow Jackets on the Anchor Peak channel, um, we would kind of break down the show character by character. And I felt like that kind of gave some organization. And I feel like a show like this, where there's so many different plot threads going on, I was thinking that maybe you and I could just talk about like specific characters and what's going on with each of them. Mm -hmm. So we're already kind of on the father train right now. So let's think about what happens to father in this episode. Basically, he takes those Mithraic out into the wilderness to go hunt down the flying serpent. And they all have the bombs on them. But then, lo and behold, who shows up in a tank but Marcus and his crew. And, um, you know, like I said, I thought father was going to die in that little interaction. But basically, Marcus takes him offline. And then he returns later to the collective. And, and they're able to repair him. And now what's this, the name of the boy that's like really close to father? Campion? No, well, yeah, I'll, yeah. Campion's really Hunter? close to but there's a Mithraic boy that like, he didn't like him at first, but then he- Hunter. Hunter, right? right. I was like, is it Gunner? Yeah, Hunter, I just really love those scenes where like you could tell that he cares about father. Like he was trying to restore him after father got taken offline. And he's trying to help father with the project that he's working on. You know, so I just really like their little bond that's grown over the two seasons so far. And so uh, when we get back to the collective, Father's still bleeding from the ear. And we see that he's essentially assembled those pieces, those random fragments, and put them together. And like you said, it's like shaped like a skeleton. But by putting his fuel blood on it, it starts to make something. So, like, yeah, what the hell do you think that's going to be? I, I don't know, but you have you seen the original Hellraiser? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, because, so, like, you, that's what that whole scene reminded me of, of, like, Frank in Hellraiser being brought back by the dad's blood and, like, yeah. his body raising up from, like, internal organs out. And the way you see father's blood, you know, dripping into the skeleton and then like forming electrodes and things are starting to come. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking that maybe this is going to lead to a conflict between uh, Seven, the giant serpent whose mother's offspring and now father might classify this as his offspring because he's bringing it to life. And that could lead to some type of conflict down the line between 
they're, you know, uh, yeah, I I, I don't know, but it's, it's really fascinating stuff. And like, uh, between that and then you, you also have, you know, all the, 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 the kids who they're raising, uh, who are going off on different tangents now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, like you said, there's so many plot threads here and within one episode, like father goes from meeting Marcus and basically getting killed to being rebooted to having to eventually like he's, he's building up this, uh, this, this life form. And at the same time, he's like going to get parts and, uh, fighting Billy at the end. Right, right, right. Yeah, so we should talk about that. Like, I really like that scene too, just for multiple reasons. One is that they go to this sort of like marketplace for the collective, and uh, Hunter's with him. Hunter is supporting him, and at one point, he um, father goes to get some fuel blood from this woman, and she doesn't want to take anything that he has to offer. He, uh, you know, is going to walk away, but then Hunter offers his little Mithraic medallion, and that's just so symbolic because essentially he's he's handing over something that's very important to him. It represents his faith and he's willing to give it to help out father. And that, that, that scene really touched me and father wouldn't accept it. He said, no, no, you keep that. And I think that that shows, like you said before, how human father is, because if he was just simply a robot, he would be like, oh yes, this completes my task. Take this. But he's like, no, no, you keep that. That's important to you. And so then there's another alternative. He can fight Billy and I, I was wondering what Billy was going to look like. At one point, they showed an android with its like head off, and it was holding its own head, kind of like the uh, Headless Horseman. And I thought, like, maybe that was Billy. But then, oh, no, Billy's like something straight out of, like, Doom or something, or Resident Evil, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like I, this, I, I, go ahead. It looked like – he looked like – um it looked like a scene out of – did you ever see the Hugh Jackman movie Real Steel? Yes, yes, yes. Like yes. like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie. Yes, yes. Uh, which I absolutely loved, by the way. Me too, uh, me too. But it looked like a scene from that mixed with uh, Mad Max. Oh, uh, yeah. Or And you have this like robotic being with a chainsaw arm. And like father has like this look on his face of like, oh, like, oh no. Yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> It, yeah, it's just this like really awesome, like robot action sequence in the middle of uh, this episode that has tons of other things going on. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited to see where this ends up leading because it looks like there's just the the way they design things on this show, like some like the design of Billy. Uh, the way mother looked the last episode when she had to give punishment was like that. Like, I love the way they make the characters look at yeah. it, it because uh, like it could be whenever you get into like these futuristic shows that involve like world building, like it, it could end up looking kind of cheesy. Right. And I feel like everything looks they're they're able to make everybody look so unique and make everything look so unique uh, yeah. and each individual character is able to stand out which is impressive given how many characters we're like asked to follow yes 
Yeah, that's a very, very good point. You know, the show has a couple different aesthetics. There's sort of like this sleek kind of futuristic aesthetic, which we see very little of. Uh, sort of mother and father kind of represent that. Um, but then there's this sort of, like we've talked about before, this almost like, you know, uh, medieval crusades look that the, both the factions have. Then there's that kind of that Mad Max look that you're talking about, too. So all three are kind of blended together to give this like real lived in kind of future feeling. It really does feel like these people escaped from human, uh, from Earth. They brought as much stuff as they could and they essentially just dumped it on this planet and they're trying to like make it all work. And in some places with all the advanced technology, it looks nice and clean and crisp. In other places, it looks like post-apocalyptic. So. Yeah, the uh, production design is excellent. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect any less for something that's involved with, uh, you know, uh, fucking... HBO and... Ridley Scott, that's what I meant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Father is able to get some more fuel blood after taking out Billy. So, we'll see what happens with this creation probably next episode. But uh, we already encountered Marcus, so why don't we talk about him now? So, Marcus, right off the bat with him, I think the most interesting aspect was that like the lines on his face they they like move now right and i'm like what the fuck is that <laughs> he 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 definitely seems like he's possessed in some way by something uh or that there's you know uh, something inside him that you know again to make like a like an, an alien slash an alien universe reference he reminds me looks wise now of like when uh, in prometheus when those two guys got like left behind in the cave and they got like infected yes uh Renf renfield one of rayfield, his names i think rayfield was one of them right Ray, yeah something like that and yeah. he the irish guy and he had like kind of like his head blew up a little bit yeah but like the way the veins and now yeah like the, there's something moving in there and you're like um <laughs> and you know they they're able uh they're they're bringing because they were able to knock father out they saved the mithraic so now they have more followers to their new church right uh and like I think it's also fascinating because like you get to see kind of like how a cult gets started, but from like the beginning, right. you know, a lot of times when you, when they make movies or shows about cults, you're always just kind of thrown into the cult. Right. Um, this you're actually getting to see like he, he like last episode, he, they, he found the runaway uh, because that guy didn't like, that the 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 trust had allowed uh, mother and father and their Mithraic kids to to live there in yeah. the collective. So he ran off, and he's like immediately enamored with Marcus's new church. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, with the exception of like the one guy uh, who had had issues with him from season one, all the other Mithraic are just like, oh. Marcus, you know, your eminence. Thank you. And they're, they're back. And it, it, here we go again. And then I, I mentioned this to you. I like shot you a message. Uh, he, there's like the five pointed star yes. at the end and he's holding it, but he's holding it up 
uh, upside down to look like a pentagram. One yeah. of the episodes in season one was called Pentagram. Mm -hmm. And of course, like that's, you know, you know hail Satan. So yes. he's got like the, the veins or the, whatever they are on his face are like glowing. He's finding followers. He seems to be impervious to pain. Yeah. Uh, he, like you talk about characters that can't be killed. Like Marcus <laughs> can't be killed. Uh, and he's being, he's like, uh, he's able to outfight an Android and withstand electricity. So yeah, there, there's a ton. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm curious, but I'm also starting to get a little nervous. Uh, and we've talked about this before. I'm starting to get like, just nervous in a, in a lost way, uh, that the show is like, putting too much out there. Um, yeah. And I, I just, every time an episode starts, I'm like really excited, but I also kind of want them to start tying a loose end over here. If you're going to open up something over here, tie up this loose end yeah. so that, because I think that's where lost really, no pun intended, lost its way was that <laughs> it, it was like, how, look at all these cool questions we have. Right. What are the answers to the questions I had last season? Don't worry about it. Look at all these new questions we have. Right. Right. So I, I just don't want it to get off on that trail, but I'm yeah. still fascinated by pretty much everything that's going on here. And now, um, you know, there was the thing about the signal and how, right. so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, cause like you have all of these budding conflicts. You have the, obviously Marcus's group, versus the collective you have uh father versus mother mother yeah you, you have uh paul and uh campion, oh God, campion who are uh, at each other uh you and campion seems to be building a romance like a, a potential romance with an android girl right which, Real? based on his upbringing might not make doesn't not make sense. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so it, there's, yeah, and, and then there's like, yeah, there's still the giant serpent we haven't talked about. and That's true. <laughs> yeah, once we talk about Mother, we can absolutely talk about Seven, too. I wanted to kind of touch upon a couple of things that you just said, though, that like the pentagram, that was made from the serpent's shed skin, right? Yeah. Right, so that's interesting too because last episode you and I discussed the idea of like religions taking imagery or taking events and like turning it to fit their own narrative. And so like he has taken the serpent's idea and he's taken it into his idea that like this is connected. I'm supposed to get this power. The serpent scales absorb the, the heat of the sun and like that's connected to Saul. So I think that's real interesting that like He's thinking the serpent is for him, basically. And yeah, he has died and come back a whole bunch of times. And I, I agree with you that it's kind of cool to see like the cult slowly starting to form. Uh, you know, Sherry and I watched Search Party at this last season. This last season was batshit crazy weird for that show, too. Um, and on Search Party, you saw a cult kind of form from the beginning. But like, you're, you're right. Like, we've talked about like 1BR and other kind of cult movies, and usually they're kind of established before you meet them. So we're seeing it from the ground up, like you mm -hmm. said. Um, yeah, and even at the end of 
the episode, we see Marcus reunited with Paul and Paul's there with Campion and he's also there with Tempest, right? It's like Tempest, Campion and Paul, or is it the other girl? Is it? Oh, it was the other girl. The other I girl. always forget the other girl's name, but, but it's the other girl, Campion and Paul, and they come up on the beach and they find, uh, you know, Marcus and his followers. And at this point, um, Marcus is with Decima. We saw them kiss each other. You and I were kind of debating if that was a relationship or not last week. And, you know, they kissed each other this time. Uh, so I think that they're going to probably have Paul and Campion with them for a couple of episodes now. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, just in the interest of time, because Danny and I actually have to go review Valentine for our other channel, The Lassercast, for Valentine's Day. But in the interest of time, why don't we talk about Mother and Seven, just to kind of wrap this all up. So uh, what did we really see from Mother this episode? I mean, I think she was looking for any reason to not kill uh, <laughs> Seven. And the fact that I guess we find out that this giant serpent thing is a vegetarian that eats space pumpkins. <laughs> uh, that's enough for her. And she's able to bring him back to the camp and like put him in a cave where he like lives in a cave and eats pumpkins. And they have like a crew that bring pumpkins to him, uh, which we did see when Campion encountered seven, that seven didn't attack him, didn't try to kill him. Um, it's still a little, you know, it's, it's a little hard to believe that the, the, this giant snake monster, after all, like you mentioned last week, uh, he pulls an entire, uh, like trailer into the acid ocean, uh, and like melts people alive. So it's kind of hard to, to believe that there's no threat there. Yeah. Uh, and now that Campion is with Marcus, I think that's going to drive Mother crazy, and that's going to drive Mother to unleash Seven on, you know, Marcus's camp. Yeah. What What I'm interested in seeing is what happened. Does Marcus try to join up with the the serpent? Yeah. You know, there's all this imagery again. There's the you know the tree, a serpent. Uh, the pentagram, like, do do they, uh, you know, do they all come together as part of Mar? You know, nothing seems like it's able to stop Marcus anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I even like, I was even thinking back to season one where like the necromancer, like if she did like her voice projection with her eyes in, uh, people like exploded. Right. And with Marcus, I think he just got like blown off to the side. Yeah. And I was like, and I always wondered, like, wow, I guess, like, oh, main character syndrome. Like, right. he doesn't get killed. He's he's too important to just get killed. But now I'm thinking maybe that was, like, strategic because he's, you know, he fulfills the prophecy. Maybe he's this, who knows? Maybe maybe Saul is living in him, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so, um, what do you call it? He's got that plot armor. Like you were saying, you know, he could have it or it could be something legitimate, like you're saying, like Saul is in him. And maybe Saul is evil, like Campion has said before. He believes in Saul, but it's evil. And maybe it is like an alien presence. Um, you mentioned Lost a lot in the previous points you made. And one thing I wanted to touch upon with that was 
you were just saying how it's almost like the episodes like kind of contradict each other where we're worried about the serpent it's scary and now all of a sudden and then in this episode it's living among the colony right now there's there's a couple of things with that one is i don't know if you heard this one line it was kind of like a throwaway line that mother said real quick but she was basically like i tested its scales in the acid and the acid hurts its scales so it couldn't have been the creature that pulled the people into the acid so i ah. you know, so the implication there is that there's yet another creature and it's in the water so i don't i don't know mother did say that now she could have been lying that could have been like maybe the acid burned the scale but that still was seven that did drag the trailer into the acid who knows right but the thing that's different from lost and this is that in this show you'll have a thread started in one episode and then in the very next episode it'll be contradicted whereas lost like the threads even though they never necessarily resolve them they still kind of carried over right yeah and they like, like branch I, apart right right like this idea of oh the serpent is this big threat so as an audience we're sitting there thinking okay well that means that like for this whole season it's going to be that the serpent's like picking people off or they're going to try to kill it they're not successful but then in the very next episode it's like in a cage in the uh camp so it's like whoa you know they just kind of contradict it right away uh we've talked about this before about like the fact that Ridley Scott did work on Prometheus, which was written by uh, whatever the fuck his name is from Lost, Lindelof. Lindelof? Right, right. And, and so, you know, he has worked with this sort of like nebulous kind of idea that didn't necessarily have great conclusions. Um, but I do personally feel like this show is essentially we're telling Ridley Scott's alien story that he's always wanted to tell that he started in Prometheus. But it's like he kind of hijacked this guy's idea and is doing that to tell that story. Because it's like, to me, I feel like the serpent and whatever the stuff is that's on the planet, I feel like that represents like the alien stuff from Prometheus. It represents like the engineers and the xenomorphs yeah. and stuff. And then the androids are obviously the androids from Alien and the humans are obviously the future humans. I just feel like really Scott's using this, this show to tell that story. I don't know. It could be. I, I like Marcus is a standout character. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've always talked about with this show is like just the way it makes you think uh, about religion and, you know, where you have characters whose ideologies swap uh, and who have conflicted ideologies. Like Hunter, for example, is still a very Mithraic character but he shows genuine love towards father who is an Android um, who's helped to raise him. Uh, you know, Campion was raised uh, as an atheist, but believes in Saul, but he believes differently in Saul than Paul does. And, you know, Marcus was an atheist who went full circle and now, uh, you know, or actually half circle because he did a one eighty, <laughs> math. Last time uh, zero. Yeah, and, and and now he's, you know, the leader of this new Mithraic cult in the in the caves. So, wow. uh, it really does. It there's it really makes you think, and it, it it really, it just makes me excited for 
when it's later in the week and I get to, you know, sit back and watch. Plus, it's also mind-blowing to watch this and Peacemaker back-to-back because uh-huh. uh, they come out on the same day. Right. And I'm like, like deeply rooted sci-fi that I have to think about that's faith-based with world building. And then it's like John Cena, like blowing people away, calling people assholes and worse words. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, HBO max is just on fire right now. Like I think it pretty much is my main uh, streaming service that I watch everything on in, in our house. It, I think it is because Athena found euphoria. And Uh-oh. so she's addicted to euphoria now and I'm watching Peacemaker raised by wolves. Uh, I, I've watched a few movies. They have a ton of new stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we're a little late to the game, but we're also watching succession in my household and that's an HBO show, but that's on there. And, and, you know, it's just, Oh, so good. So I'm, we'll probably have to check out euphoria too. Cause I've heard a lot of things about that. If your wife is a big fan, I know she's got good taste, so maybe we'll check that one out too. But yeah, just don't watch it with any of the girls in the house. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me, all these shows, especially this show that we're talking about, we watch when there's no one around. Yeah. Yeah. We, we pause it if Pepper comes out. But uh, what do you call it? Just to kind of go, touch upon your point, though, I actually am like so, so happy that you have started to watch this show because I have someone to talk about it with and I have someone who loves movies and shows as much as you do. So I'm really glad that you're part of this discussion. If you guys want to see more of me and Danny, then go on over to our Lassercast channel where Danny has just been putting out tons of reviews on Shutter content. Right after this live recording, Danny and I are going over to record a review of the 2001 film Valentine, which uh, you know we should have up by tomorrow, Valentine's Day. So uh, we appreciate you guys watching this episode, and we will see you guys next week for some more Raised by Wolves.